Dismiss and Justice. Sorry. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about the panorama, too. The, oh, yeah. Wow. Because we'd be remiss not to mention Longinus. Well, because there, there was a rooster in it, so... Yeah, That's true. it's relevant. It all comes back. A biblical rooster. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. Hello and welcome to Birder. I barely know her. The only birding podcast where the host practiced this in the car on the way back from the airport. I'm your host, Dewey Cassidy, along with my co-ghost. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Jessica Cristiano. Sorry I didn't do the voice. When did you practice this? I practiced it when I dropped, uh, like, probably 10 or 15 times after I dropped oh, you off. okay, because I was going to say I wasn't in that car. And I was cracking up the whole time. It was the funniest thing I'd ever thought of. That is really funny. I wish you would have told me. I'm sorry to blindside you. I really pulled a Sandra Bullock here. It's okay. I could have gotten my ghost voice ready. Do you have a ghost voice? I could. I would have prepared. I would have prepared one. You can try it out. Let's hear it. Ooh. No, okay. it's, well, we'll it needs work. <laughs> continue sorry. without this. <laughs> we should introduce our guests. So here with us, we have artist Celeste Voce and comedian Jamie Loftus. Yay. Hi. Thank you both so much for joining us on this, the spookiest of all holidays, uh, which happens nine days from now. But, you know, this is our Halloween episode. And I noticed um, as we were leaving that for some reason you can only have Halloween decorations at the grave that you bought um, <laughs> for like from today until November 2nd. And then they like take it away so really yeah it's also we're also in it's allowed to have a fun grave season <laughs> i do think it's funny that they're allowed to have halloween decorations because i don't know am i gonna dress up my grandpa's grave with like a spooky ghost like i don't know why yeah yeah you are. grave is expensive i'm just like you should be able to put whatever garbage you want on <laughs> i want to be buried in my halloween costume so every day is halloween there you go well especially because this year's halloween costume is a skeleton yeah i actually guess that i should have do that then <laughs> i'll just be a skeleton how many people is the grave the only property they own Whoa. oh that's see they should do whatever they want with it yeah do you think it's have we reached a point where it's like depressing enough that there's like a, some sort of grave leasing system i don't know how that would work i'll work on it and then i'll um deceive a bunch of grieving people i like just getting buried in a skeleton costume though i think that that should actually just be a new tradition for everyone <laughs> yeah it's a good equalizer Everyone looks good in it, too. It'll confuse the worms, and then you won't turn into a skeleton. Right. Because it'd be like, well, somebody already did this, so. I don't think the costume will, will ever decompose. It's, like, mostly plastic. Yeah. yeah. So. 100% synthetic. It's great. Yeah. Forever <laughs> chemical skeleton costume. Well, thank you both for joining us. This is our spooky episode, our Halloween episode. So we did go birding in a cemetery, which is a lot of fun. Really quick, I want to say we went to the cemetery respectfully. <laughs> we weren't stomping on graves or anything. We did not step on any graves. We weren't protesting any funerals. Uh, Celeste, Celeste insulted a couple of babies. That was yeah. fucked up, yes. <laughs> I actually was insulting their parents. Who are also long dead. For their uh, questionable taste. <laughs> and lost a child. Yeah, Celeste is in the uh, call to action portion of a horror film where she's haunted by several babies. I just don't think that baby bumpkin is a polite thing to do to your child who's died. 
Okay, but I again, think... 1947. We don't know what bumpkin meant back then. It could have been a fun little thing. What does cute it mean thing. now? If anything, baby bumpkin's going to come back for you to thank you for advocating. <laughs> yeah, for advocating for their <laughs> dignity. Just a very grateful haunting. Jess, bumpkin means like, Hillbilly? yeah, like, like a, a country like bumpkin. A redneck okay. kind of, like fuzzy lumpkin, I think is the play on that. Wow. Yeah. Fuzzy Powerful. lumpkin's a country bumpkin. So many layers. Yeah. Wow. To the Powerpuff Girls, oh. which we support. Mm-hmm. I did you guys watch Powerpuff Girls growing up? Oh yeah. Yeah. I when I was a kid I tried to make the Powerpuff Girls. I with sugar and spice. Didn't know what chemical X was though, so I just put a bunch of girl stuff in like a a, a jar with soap. And uh You tried to con oh I thought you would like tried to redo the cartoon. You tried to conjure you tried to- three yeah. girls. <laughs> That's Yeah, no, I tried I tried to make the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I was like five. Wait, you put it in there with mm-hmm. soap? Did you put sugar and spice in? Because those are the two main ingredients. I think okay. so. I don't know. I, I, I definitely put toys in there, which is not part of the recipe. That it's was a, a, a Dewey special. <laughs> but yeah, it did not work, um, suffice to say. I did not get three superpowered friends, but I really wanted to make them. Friends. Um, also, Bumpkin uh, dates back to the 1560s, apparently, and oh it meant God. awkward country fellow. So those parents were dicks. I don't know. I think baby names are just not like... a person who is not very intelligent or interested in culture. Well, that is true about a baby. It is true that they are not very intelligent or interested in okay, culture. Okay, but I will maintain that most baby names are like pet names where it's just like you get syllables that sound cute together in spite of the meaning. I think if I had a baby, I would constantly be pointing out the fact that it couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when people say kids are stupid, I'm like, it's not insulting. It's just true. They literally can't be anything but stupid. Like, they're only getting smarter, yeah. right? Yeah, I love Celeste, the kindergarten teacher. It's like, hey, guys, you can't be anything but stupid. So we're going to. Sorry. Go and Jamie's like, haha, ha, you can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be your TA. We'll really give these little fuckers. But like, what does this say? What you point? can't tell. Ha 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 ha. Someone's finally taking five-year-olds to task. Thank God. They've had so, it too good for too long. God so what I'm learning, what I'm getting out of this is that it doesn't matter because baby bumpkin couldn't even read his own tombstone. That's true. It's true. Happy Halloween, true. guys. <laughs> Very And now we're getting episode. his ass from beyond the grave. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of getting their ass, Celeste and Jamie and Jess, what is your guys' history, if anything, with Halloween and spooky stuff? Halloween has gotten infinitely better since the invention of the 12 foot skeleton. Yes. Let's just cut straight to the chase. Yeah. <laughs> How much more delightful is, is life now? It is wild that it took this long for people to realize the, uh, the necessity that we as a culture have for the 12 foot skeleton. I feel like as time goes on, there's been so I've seen so many more than I'm used to yes. this summer in, in the best way. I'm well, thrilled. we're getting themed ones too. There's Jack Skellington's everywhere this year. There's some, um, yeah, no, I like the classics though. I feel like, <laughs> I do, do you like the ones with like computery eyes? I can't, I, I find it hard to find ones that don't have the computer eyes. And computer I, if like, eyes. if I had the space, if I had 12 feet of real estate, which I don't, <laughs> like, I would, I, I feel like I would just want the classic, you know, not, not the computer. Yeah, I didn't know there was the computery one. That must be a new thing. What's computerized? You mean like LED or something, right? Yeah, just the eyes, though. And you're like, yeah. well, then now you got to plug it in or yeah. get some big ass batteries. Like, I don't know how that would even work. <laughs> but yeah, I got like, I walked the wrong way the other day and came across one 
in the nighttime and the eyes were, you know, Ugh. glowing down at me. It was, it was that just, happening because um, you walked the wrong way is such a fun detail. <laughs> like you went down the wrong side of town and now yeah. there's glowing skeletons. A 12 foot like, <laughs> bat creature now. Oh. Ooh. Well, oh, that's oh my God. That's really that would good. Be, if I saw that in a front yard, I'd be scared. I think he's like kind of handsome. <laughs> I was gonna say that feels almost fetishy <laughs> a little bit. Of like that yeah, feels like he a was, he was pretty buff. People are buying that way. for the wrong reason. That guy has a very like potent energy about him. I yeah. wouldn't want him around my kid. <laughs> <laughs> my stupid kids that can't read. Oh, I see that. Yeah, the eyes are freaky. Oh, he has the computer eyes. Yeah, I don't. Um, I what I was hoping to do and it didn't happen this year was just like the regular skeleton that you can put in a lawn chair that I could do. Oh, yeah. There's been like a lot that. of those in my neighborhood that I've noticed this year. Like, I don't know if new people moved in or people just finally got inspired, but I've seen a lot of like post skeletons. I was walking the other day and there was a, a corner house. So it had a fence around it, but the gate was open. I could just catch a glimpse inside and I stopped and fully walked into their property because they had a whole display with like a skeleton grilling up like, like zombie feet. And there were people sitting around like other zombie, zombie or other skeletons sitting around a table, like holding glasses and drinking. And like, it was a whole party scene in their yard that was completely hidden most of the time. Why are they cooking people? Aren't they, I think it's more fun if they're like making burgers. Cause well, they're cannibals. They're Just because they're skeletons. Like, that feels like a harmful stereotype. I feel like there is, yeah, I, I, I like both. It adds to the spookiness. Cause I do like to be reminded that skeletons are just like us. They, they <laughs> are us. Right. Without, they are. That's true. They that's are. true. And I forget that with alarming frequency. I forget <laughs> that we actually all have one and it's free and we could put it outside at any time. I don't think I do. I think I just got a hard skin. I think I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to the um, the haunted hayride tonight. I love Halloween activities. Ooh, yes. Um, and I worked there last year, so I'm going back this year to see what the situation is, to see mm. who took my part, to see how, you know. Wait, were it, you like a zombie who got shot by paintballs? What was your what was your deal? I was too afraid to work in the mazes because I'm actively afraid of going into the mazes. So and, <laughs> and I also feel like if you're like a scare actor, that is like where you're going to get punched in the face if you scare yeah. someone too well. Wait, is it scare actor, not character? Yeah, you would be. I thought it was scare actor this whole time. That would be. Oh. I'm sure at some places, but this is this yeah. is just like strictly. This is Griffith Park. It's it's pretty pragmatic. <laughs> They're yeah. like you are a scary actor. Uh, you're a scary actor number fifty. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm gonna. I don't know the Halloween activities, the movie screenings, the the hay rides. Like I'm I'm into it all, and then it goes yeah. so cleanly into winter activities, which I feel yeah. like. Are, better here because we're trying to evoke something we don't yeah. have <laughs> that's like fair, yeah. like l ron hubbard's winter wonderland if you've ever driven by yeah. that. what's that no yeah. <laughs> it's i don't i just in hollywood i was driving and i just saw it looks like from a distance it looks like a normal you know winter fair thing for children to go meet santa and then as you approach it there's a sign that just says l ron hubbard's winter wonderland i got a go jump scare holy yeah. shit um so that's the real they should have something like that for halloween really yeah. oh uh, a scientology haunted house i'd like if there was any way you could go without getting you know abducted i would go yeah because the, <laughs> don't they already like keep you anyway so it's already a scary haunted house it's yeah. <laughs> just yeah. that wait that reminded me i did work at a halloween store one time for a season and oh. i always forget until it's right. halloween Ooh. and then i remember for about one 
I remember that because when Je- when Jess and I first met, anytime Don't Fear the Reaper would come on in the car, she would have to change it immediately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they played a lot of songs that had even like a whisper of something spooky over and over and over again. So I can't listen well, yeah, to anything. Because before Billie Eilish, there wasn't really Halloween music. There was like spooky soundtracks and like Thriller. I disagree. You have the mash. You have the monster mash. Yeah. Oh, the monster mash. Oh. I can't stand Thriller. Have you guys? Are you guys familiar with the extended discography of, Bo- of Bobby Boris Pickup? No. Oh, there's aren't the like other title. I was I was listening to him recently, and it's like just yeah. like Transylvania trash, or like it just <laughs> yeah, no, it's trying to recapture the mash over and over. That literally is it though. But in 2005, he got really into climate change. I think because of Al Gore, and so he did release the climate oh. mash. That's a real song. Wow. Oh, I'm supportive so. of that for I some reason. That feels that feels very. I, there, it sounds like it would have the opposite effect. Instead of making people give a shit, it would be like, what a silly novelty song about a silly yeah. non-existent thing. Yeah. I, hate, I hate this. I'm going to go chop down a tree just yeah. to show him. Now, Jamie, when you say you are afraid of mazes, are you afraid of getting lost or afraid of going to a maze where someone's going to jump out at you? Oh, I'm afraid of getting jumped out at. Like, okay. v- very, very much. Yeah, so like both ends of that was a non-starter. I will do it tonight because it's kind of expensive to go. But yeah. like getting jump scared will be terrible for me. And then also on the other end, as because people react so strongly, I heard all of these horror stories about like a scare actor being like boo, and then a grown man being like like fight or flight and getting like clocked. And I was like, yeah, I can't. I need to be a safe Jesus. distance. The worst thing that could happen to me is getting hit by a tractor, which I did see happen, but it didn't happen to <laughs> yeah, me. Jeez, because oh, I was safe. We had a we had a maze slash like Halloween activities thing in my hometown like for like one year, and it was the coolest thing ever. They had like a full grown maze. They had a, like a Halloween like haunted house, and they had like a tractor ride where you can like shoot zombies with paintball guns as they came and attacked the car. Whoa! And it was that like seems awful for them. I know. I was they, like, why would anyone sign up to do this? It was teenagers. They loved it. They're but all it Aggies. They're used to. They're used. To, it's fine. They, if you can, if you can raise a cow, you get shot by a paint gun. Um, yeah. But like, they only did it for one year, and then like in like July or like September of the year after, they made a post like, "Hey guys, I know you're looking forward to this, but like that was a lot of work, and we're not really going to do that this year. So uh, sorry. We're, Good for we're them." Done. Good setting boundaries. Was it independently owned? Yeah, no, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like a chain. It was like just like a family. Oh, it was just like a guy. Yeah. We had a, a maze thing that comes through every year called Pirates of Emerson. And then there was a house in my neighborhood that always did a big they like built something. So one year it was like a ghost ship and then another year was like a lab or something, and you could walk through it and get your candy. It was really cool. That's so cool. Did you guys ever have a house that would like really go for it or like you were afraid of like in your neighborhood or like around? We would have to go to like other neighborhoods to like where they were going Mm -hmm. for it. But it's always I like I'm so impressed by it. And it also just seems like an albatross that you take on because then it's like everyone (laughs) will be disappointed if you stop doing it or if there's even a dip in quality. Like if you have an off year, your neighbors might hate you. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I was like, the answer is to do nothing ever. <laughs> no one can expect Give anything. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there we- more corn mazes in Southern California? Is my question because I question. really like a corn maze, uh, and the only one I found around here is like clearly for small children, and I want a spooky corn maze. I went to my first corn maze this year, um, and it was it was so great. It wasn't scary themed really, but it was huge. 
it was arranged in this weird shape and they had like i didn't realize that there was like a series of riddles involved with corn mazes there aren't usually so this one was my first and i was like wow this is like a riddle driven thing so it's like this big convoluted it's like right outside of portland oregon and there like you can choose there's 10 questions 10 trivia questions and depending on what the correct answer is means you either go left or right to continue through the maze and they had like 10 to 20 different like sets of 10 questions in case like my friend had like a movie card i had bigfoot related questions like you could (laughs) there was all these and then it's like you know for babies which we took one in case we got lost um (laughs) but you had to like navigate through with um with clues it was fun so interesting yeah it was awesome yeah that sounds great that's all i want is just something like that uh you know, somewhere closer than Portland, Oregon, ideally within like an hour. Yeah, it's weird that we don't have like corn mazes and stuff because we have like ice skating in like the winter time, and you'd think that exactly. they'd have like they have it year round in Pasadena, baby. Oh yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Halloween or spooky stuff before we move on? I would just say go see Saw X. I think that's my my closing Halloween thought. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm not really a gore person, but I I support you, Jamie. You would hate it. You would hate it so much. No, but the Saw movies—they're horrifically gory, but they're also so watchable. I like to read the Wikipedia pages about them. <laughs> yeah. It's, the sentences are great where it's like, Jigsaw then attempts to kill a woman he <laughs> just met with a heat ray. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I really love Wikipedia articles about dumb stuff because the people that write them use the same writing format that people writing about like the Roman Empire use. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, yeah. Wikipedia editors are, I think a really undervalued um, subsect of the population. They're important. Yeah. And we don't, that, they should get a day. Sometime in November or something, we'll give them a day. They should get Uh, a day. Well, hell yeah. So that's our history with spooky stuff and Halloween. I'm going to ask you guys now, Celeste, we've already been over it with you. And listeners, sorry, if you want to hear Celeste's history with birds or birding, tune into episode 15, The Roast of Dewey Cassidy. But Jamie, what is your history, if any, with birds and or birding? And I will say, you actually have a spooky history with birds on both ends of this mortal coil. Yeah, I I have embarrassingly little experience in birding. I remember like when I was a kid, it was on, I don't know, like I was like, this, is this my personality but i never but there was no one around that had an interest in it and i lived in a pretty like sprawly area so that there weren't even a lot of birds around and i i think that my family especially was like we don't talk about birds because i had an outdoor cat which now obviously wouldn't but we did then uh he was my mom ran a daycare and our cat was a menace and so (laughs) he was like scratching the children and she's like he's got to go outside or he's got to go. Yeah. And he drew, it was like a, a, a battle of years of like my neighbor, I guess did care about birds and squirrels or at least cared about like the street, not be being littered with their corpses. And like, he was a really violent guy and he had these like huge graves where he would just, you know, stack squirrel on top of bird on top of, it was just like the population. How big was this cat? He was not big. He okay. was just really determined. He could climb trees, which is how he got a lot of the birds. Yeah. Um, and would just jump off the tree. Like he just was, he was a predator. Um, he was an invasive species. That's so funny that your mom had to release the, 
the cat because of the violent tendencies and that only made the cat more violent yeah it's it's almost like it was his plan all along (laughs) to do but yeah once he was let outside he stopped scratching the kids and i think my mom was like well it's all good i find blue jays to be obnoxious and so i feel like (laughs) i have to work on i don't know i feel like there's a there's bird trauma to heal so and then the only other thing i've really done um, was I, which I told you about right away. Cause I was like, yeah. mm, what is, what is Dewey going to say? Um, is I took a taxidermy class and I taxidermied a European starling at the beginning of this year. I wish I had, I'll send you a picture of him so yeah. you have him. Um, but yeah, it was like a two day program that they do, um, in downtown LA. It's run by this amazing woman named Alice who like teaches you all about ethical taxidermy and yeah like really puts you at ease to be like this this only feels wrong but i assure (laughs) you i assure you i have taken all the proper steps and so yeah it was like a two-day class where we taxidermied starlings um because they are an invasive species which means that they are legal to taxidermy in the state of california um yeah my favorite part of it was like i was like well where (laughs) where do you get the bodies from because it's a class of like 25 people and we all have the same bird and there's backup birds but yeah i just i found out that she uh was purchasing pallets of dead starlings from a farmer in wisconsin uh and that she'd been buying starlings from him for years and that it was a crops thing that's why it was he it was okay and uh he's never asked her what she's doing with them ever she's Uh. buying 50 at a time like monthly (laughs) yeah and jesus and she's like i think that he just doesn't want to know it's better that he doesn't know so (laughs) but i had a great time and i got to understand um at least starling anatomy pretty pretty intimately (laughs) do you want to know how starlings came to america why they're invasive i would love that yeah so every starling descends from the original 100 birds that were released um, accidentally by a group that has collected birds for the dumbest reason in that they, as a group, wanted to own every bird that Shakespeare ever mentioned. That's so <laughs> embarrassing. Wow. <laughs> so embarrassing. So it was literally 100 birds in the early 1890s in New York Central Park. They just let them loose. And then after, oh, wait, no. Let me rephrase that. It's even dumber. I misread the the thing. It's not that they wanted every bird that um, Shakespeare ever had. They wanted America to have every bird that Shakespeare ever had. So they intentionally released 100 birds into Central Park in the 1890s. And now there are 200 million of them. Like, hmm. Hmm. I don't even, like, it sounds like their hearts were in the right place but that <laughs> yes. is so unbelievably dorky that yeah. i just want to like bully them i want to take their milk money for doing that <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like and it's dorky and irresponsible at the same and time yes like, yes yeah. like, sorry like, that's the more important you did it for the stupidest but it's like the stupidest reason right like mm-hmm. this would be so cool no it won't it's dumb to begin with and then it's like invasive yeah. on top of it like everything about it is stupid yeah. And uh, because of that, because they all came from those 100 birds, like they're all incredibly related still. So like scientists have like looked into it and like the birds in California and Virginia are like almost indistinguishable, like DNA wise, like they're all still super related. So, Whoa. so it's, I mean, I guess 
is it because it's so like historically recent or because yeah, the original it's just because it's only been like a hundred it's only been like a hundred years so. so so it's just like an inherently incestual species here not yeah. not in europe yeah has not in like, europe yeah where they're has normal it, has it caused like weird like mutant purebred uh issues with them so there's no i'm sure it will at some point sort of like a potato blighter like banana situation but at the moment they're still fine so no mm. issues there so what's wow. cool about starlings, these guys fly super fucking fast. They're not like a peregrine falcon or anything, but a starling can go 48 miles an hour. Wow. Which, from That's my personal fast. experience, will get you a pretty bad ticket in a school zone if you're 19. So The only starling I ever met was very still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you chuck that thing, Jamie, he's built to fly. So. <laughs> he's gonna, yeah, he's going to go. So what's cool about these guys is like, we talked about how like certain birds have like a lot of intelligence and like different brain structure and stuff. So starlings actually have a pretty developed sense of taste. So they can taste salt, sugar, acid, and tannins. And they can mm-hmm. actually tell the difference between like table sugar and like other different types of sugars. How is that possible to discern? That's so interesting. Like how, yeah. how can you tell when a bird is tasting something and knows? Well, Do I don't they know how they prefer diet that, Coke or regular Coke. Well, but that's the thing. The reason that they have to know the difference between sucrose and other sugars is that starlings can't digest sucrose. They can oh, digest okay. natural sugars, but like the table sugar that's like super oh, like shit. processed or whatever. They can't process that. Got it. So, which is helpful because these guys live, they're big city birds. So like if they're eating garbage, like a lot of birds love to do from pigeons to bald eagles, it's it's good that they're able to discern that, which is cool. Wow. That's, do people often um, talk about, I, I feel like I've, I saw a bald eagle a couple of summers ago in Wisconsin and I was embarrassed at how it made me feel. I felt a sense of wonder. Like patriotic and like proud? Yeah, I enlisted in the military. No, but I like- The fact that like dumb, like patriotic people have taken that as a symbol, it's a beautiful bird. You're allowed to feel wonder. It was a really amazing bird. And then I saw it go back to its nest and was like, I could could come back here tomorrow. This is incredible. And then I was like, how I really tried to like break down. Why am I feeling how I'm feeling? And my, in my heart, I was like, I think it is just a very cool bird, but I could yeah. be totally brainwashed too. I don't think you're brainwashed. I think that they're cool. And that's why they were picked as a symbol. Okay. Um, okay. We What's talked about it a little bit in the episode with Jess's sister McKenna, which everybody go back and listen to McKenna, a uh, super fan, great guest. Uh, but she was, we were talking about bald eagles because Benjamin Franklin was very anti bald eagle people. It's actually apocryphal that he like campaigned for the Turkey, but he was very anti bald eagle and specifically he was anti bald eagle because they're kind of like scumbags. Like they love to eat garbage. They, they will take other birds food. And like, he specifically wrote a letter to a like relative where he's like, I don't want these to be our national bird because they do not come about their food. Honestly. Like they, oh they like steal and scheme and stuff. And he's yeah, like, These like Americans. yeah, right. <laughs> In the end is a very appropriate bird. They're big. They love garbage. It's great. We did see like a bunch of them in Alaska. And at, at a point it became like, oh, they're kind of like seagulls up here. They're like, not, they're not that cool, but yeah, it's, they're really beautiful. Yeah. They're beautiful. And they're just like, they were all over. Yeah. Well, we went on a birding trip today. So, Jess, would you like to read off the list of birds we saw? We saw Anna's hummingbirds, black BBs, red-tailed hawk, uh, kingbird, northern flicker, acorn woodpecker, house finches, Canada geese, nuthatches. I 
didn't catch. I believe it was red-breasted, but I also couldn't tell. It was either white or red-breasted, but it was in flight, so I couldn't get a good look at it. Okay. Some kind of nuthatch. Um, <laughs> dark-eyed juncos. Oh, yeah. So of those birds we saw, any of those stand out to you guys you want to talk about? I, I enjoyed saying white-breasted nuthatch, but... I mean, yeah, I, I we didn't see any starlings, but uh, yeah, I, I was curious about like when you're describing the like I don't know how much you talked about Anna's hummingbird on the show, but that was like the first that was I think that was my my top bird in that I really tried to see it and I didn't. Yeah, we stayed we stayed <laughs> on top of the baby hill for a while looking at those hummingbirds, and it was because uh, mm-hmm. we talk about like hummingbirds like a lot of people they're all over the place, but like it takes so much effort to see them and like. People like have like different misconceptions about them. Like we had a guest last week where she's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I never thought about them like sitting on a branch. They're always like in motion." But it's cool to sort of see them just, like around doing their thing. They were chasing each other today, which was cool. I think mm-hmm. because of the time of year they were chasing, because they were fighting, not mating. Okay. Hummingbirds are incredibly territorial. They'll chase off hawks. They'll chase off owls. Wow. Mm. Okay. Well, that was yeah. That was one thing we talked about was um, just seeing animals uh, fuck midair. And how that is that uh, common for birds, or are they discreet? No, most birds, most birds are perched. There's a specific type of swift, and I can't remember which. Sorry, we have we have a special guest. My cat's screaming. Is that Flea? Yeah, he's he's on one. I don't. What's going on? He knows we're talking about birds. We're talking about birds. He's mad. What's going on? Really? He's wow. Okay, let me see if I can. It's okay. This is also a recurring segment on our podcast, which is guest grabs a pet so we can see it. That's a he's just wandering oh around gosh. screaming his head off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's out. He's out. We're safe. Cats are funny. They don't say, they don't say that enough. That was, um, um, that was fascinating. Yeah. So there's a specific type of swift, and I can't remember which, that will sometimes mate in midair, and they spend most of their time in midair. But for the most part, most birds are landing when they're having sex. Okay. So unlike those dragonflies we're talking about who love to just link up and fly around. <laughs> Wait, what were the birds that you say just like take over the nest of other smaller so birds? So there's multiple oh, yeah. birds that do that. So we have an invasive species I was talking about called the pintailed wida, which I believe comes from either yeah. Africa or India. I will correct that later in uh, a little revision. Um, but those guys are one of the birds that either come around through shipping containers or people keep them as pets. Um, so they're really beautiful birds. They're like, so if, um, if anybody's seen a magpie, which are like cl- crows, but black and white, they're like a small sparrow sized magpie with a beautiful ribbon tail that sort of hangs out behind them. And despite the fact that they're beautiful, they're unfortunately really bad for ecosystems because they are nest predators. Now, nest predators are not inherently bad or evil. That's just part of an ecological niche. That's part of an environment. It helps with stuff. But the problem is that when a nest predator specifically becomes an invasive species, because they propagate by devastating other bird nests, it actually is a huge problem for the existing bird populations. So what we're talking about nest predators, we've discussed it a little bit with cowbirds previously, but nest predators will lay their eggs in another bird's nest, um, sort of like a cuckoo, which is actually, I think, maybe where Shakespeare got the term cuckolding um, from the cuckoo who also does this. But they will they will ray they will lay their eggs in another bird's nest, and then that bird typically is bigger or stronger than the bird nest it's laid in. So that baby usually hatches first, is stronger and more powerful, and kills the other babies and takes all the food. And because most birds are unable to distinguish their young from the young of other species, they will feed that bird because there's a biological impulse to feed the strongest baby because they want that baby to survive, propagate their genes, etc. So when that invasive big-ass bird comes in, they're like, wow, look at this big, beautiful, healthy baby we created. <laughs> the world as they know, they're raising oh. a cowbird. 
And so, or, or a pintailed whiteas. So pintailed whiteas do that. Cowbirds do that. Cuckoos do that. And birds in, um, in the world do have defenses against that. So there are specific type of birds in California. I believe it's yellow warblers, but I'll have to double check that can recognize when their nest baby has been replaced by um, another baby and they'll just abandon that nest because it's like, you know, the, we've lost it, the cowbirds. Um, and there are other birds, like we talked about the house finch. So the house finch is really cool because they are fully vegetarian, but cowbird chicks cannot survive on plant matter alone. So they end up dying and the nest survives. So there are different ways that birds counteract with the checks and balances. Hey, that um, feels but... like a good spooky thing that creatures do. If... <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is spooky. Yeah, it's like body snatchers. Yeah, and it's like a weird, like, the parents don't recognize their own, that they're not their own children. It's great. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it, there's so much freaky loaded stuff there where it's like, I am genetically programmed to only feed the strongest baby, but also I don't know what my baby looks like. I'll feed whatever yeah. is around me that's strong. <laughs> you're like, Honey, you're feeding a cool. trash can again. I mean, it's not your big baby. They've made it longer than we have. So. I feel like if the devil ever really wanted to take over Earth, like the secret is to just like be in bird form or something and do Start something like this. In yes, the because maybe. Celeste, you famously believe in the devil. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, there's a 12-foot devil uh, devil man you can put outside your house. Yeah. Sure. I, I do believe in that devil. A 12-foot weirdly sexual. I was like, I do believe he had wings, if I'm not mistaken. I had a, I, I forgot we, we talked about this briefly because we were talking about woodpeckers. Who had seen a peck take place? Who would not? Right. And you, you were telling me about woodpecker brains? Which yeah, I so their brains of. are... Hold on. I'm going to look it up for sure. We talked about how like birds, woodpeckers don't really get CTE. They don't really get. Um, they don't kill their wives one day. <laughs> yeah, they don't shoot themselves in the chest. Uh, ooh, yeah, oh. yeah. I don't well, like that. I made fun of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the reason that like human brains happen that is because our brains are pretty heavy and thick. So when we're there's a lot of motion in the ocean, our brains are getting knocked around up in our little craniums. But woodpecker brains are specifically protected because their brains are sort of smaller and lighter. And so it takes, because of that, um, the woodpecker brain is still taking the full impact of every peck, but it's just not smacking around their brain as much. According to this article I'm looking at, an animal that has a smaller sized brain can withstand higher deceleration. It's like biochemical. So because it is smaller, it actually can handle that pressure without being like shifted around and shit. So, and they don't even get like headaches or anything. It doesn't affect them at all. It's crazy. Hey guys, Dewey here. Just hopping in because the brain size of woodpeckers does not give the full story of why they are truly protected from head injury. So yes, it is true that those small brains are a huge part of that because they're smaller, they're not knocked around as much as discussed earlier. But there are additionally two different biological mechanisms in place that also prevent injury to woodpecker brains. The first of which, be careful because your dog is going to get real excited to hear this, are bones. That's right. There are specialized bones in the skulls of the woodpeckers that help Im um, absorb that impact. So they're essentially set up like bone sandwiches. Layers of hard bones surround layers of soft, spongy bone material. And those act as cushions that help absorb the impact from those heavy blows. And in doing so, help keep the brain in place, reduce the impact and shaking on the brain and skull. The second biological mechanism in place we're going to learn about a little later that's that's so interesting i i grew there were a lot of woodpeckers near where i grew up at least until we got that cat 
Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, maybe this is the worst question to ever be asked, but what is the goal of pecking the wood? What That's a they- great question. So there are multiple reasons that birds peck wood. So um, woodpeckers will eat bugs and plant matter, and they will can really get to that easier if they peck the wood and get in there and attack it. We'll talk about that a little more when we talk about the northern flicker in a bit um, as to why they do that. And okay. then number two, they got to live somewhere. So they use that pecking ability to peck out little cavities and sort mm-hmm. of live in there. Now, we talk about how in real life we hate real estate developers. Boo, they're all bad, et cetera, et cetera. Woodpeckers, though, are sort of like nature's real estate developers where they will dig these big holes and then when they migrate or like grow up or die, they'll leave the holes open and other birds will use those nests as their home. It's called secondary cavity nesting. Well, it's only bad if the woodpecker then charges them exorbitantly to live Well, the woodpeckers, they only charge electricity. They don't charge gas or water. That's included. And if you live there Mm -hmm. for more than a year, it's month to month. Um, So it's, it's, yeah. So pretty cool. I mean, is it like, protect protected anything like that it's rent controlled in certain places but in uh, more rural areas there's no rent control protection so brutal yeah that's life baby <laughs> um so we're talking about woodpeckers so one specific woodpecker that we saw today was the northern flicker do you guys remember seeing that northern flicker yeah what'd you think about that little harlequin freak i liked it it was cute i like yeah, I was, uh, yeah. and they were kind of loud right they're very loud. So woodpeckers yeah. love to scream. They really love to make their presence known. Nice. And uh, specifically, they actually use sound as a way to protect their territory and drive out invaders. So not specifically those cause, but they do something called drumming, which is exactly what it sounds like. They'll use that pecking to make loud noises. And those loud noises tell other woodpeckers, this is my territory, you need to get out. And they'll even recognize that sound can be amplified. And they'll like bang on metal signs because that's louder. Um, the website I was looking at, allaboutbirds.com, was talking about how one bird was observed knocking on a tractor, and you could hear it half a mile away. Whoa. What? Yeah. That's wow. fascinating. But yeah, so northern flickers, these guys are super cool. So I typically try to describe the birds for the guests, but this is one of the hardest birds to describe because their pattern, much like um, fucking the shirts, the shirt sketch, the sketch with the shirts in it that I can't remember the name of. Oh, Dan Flashes. Dan Flashes. Yes, much like Dan Flashes, the pi- patterns are so complex. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> these are guys so are the Dan Flashes <laughs> of the uh, birding world. Um, so they have on their chest, they have like almost like eyeball-like specks on their belly. They have, they're mostly grayish brown with like these black specks. And their wings are the sort of complex, like it's both like a poppy seed muffin kind of specky style, but also there's a little bit of like reddish hue in there. Um, we talked about the red shafted versus yellow shafted. So any red on this bird is yellow on the East Coast in certain parts of Alaska. And then they have sort of the, uh, the red and black down their tail and stuff. They're, they're a real hoot and a half. I suggest you Google it because there's no description I can give that would give them justice. Uh, I just Googled it. So what's cool about these guys is they are woodpeckers. They are a species of woodpecker despite their name being flicker. Um, woodpeckers typically have three names, either woodpecker, sapsucker, or flicker. They get progressively grosser after you leave woodpecker. Um, <laughs> And that's, like, not a great place to start either. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two different names for boner and then a sapsucker and then a flicker. It's a real, uh, not fun. Um, So these guys are woodpeckers, but unlike most other woodpeckers, they feed primarily on the ground. Um, Ants make up 45% of their diet. A joke I made on a pilot episode is that's the same with most uncles. Am I right? Swish. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So... 
Um, but these guys, instead of pecking wood, typically they will peck the ground. So they'll peck into anthills, break up that dirt, and then go in and grab the ants um, out of it. They grab the ants with their long, brushy tongue. So they have a long tub with like these brushes that help pick it up. And their tongue can go two inches out of their beak, which is pretty cool. Oh, so they're almost like little ant eaters. I don't know why. Man, what is their tongue? What's the tongue like? I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, flicker tongue. Yeah, I need to. And if anybody has an old laptop, I might nuke your computer when I share this. So apologies. Maybe Uh, don't share it then. You know, I'll put a link in the chat. That that makes more sense. So. That looks like more than two inches. That's you're telling me. Ew. uh... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, let me send this. It looks like when a dog has a boner. Yeah. This is the exact conversation that we had with Nicole about hummingbird tongues last week. <laughs> and it stands true today. So here's an image I just sent in the chat of okay. the um, northern flicker tongue. Whoa. So what? That feels like longer than two inches, like Jess was saying. That's kind of gross, right? So it it's looks almost like a little gross. worm. Like it gets smaller and browner as you get to the end. It sort of like has like a tip. It looks like a like a piece of licorice or something it looks yeah. very like solid and not wet well yeah. i think it's solid because if it was like wet and floppier they couldn't it wouldn't be as prehensile so i think it needs to be a little firmer so they can utilize it to pick up the just gonna show I'm looking something. at a diagram it like you can't really tell but it like it goes around and then meets back up oh yeah that oh. is that it really goes all the because well, it's they got to make room for it so it goes all the way back behind their brain Wow. I know, but then it like it diverges and then comes back together. Yeah, it's uh wait, what? That's sick. Oh, I wasn't looking at the top oh, wait, of it you. Splits? Ew. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Wow. I have to look into that. I'm not familiar with the way that works. I'm gonna go back and research that. That's wild. Spoiler alert, I did the research. So, tongues. They're weird, right? In human beings, our tongues are attached to what is called our hyoid bone. That's a bone in our sort of mouth jaw area that our tongue attaches to and it acts sort of as the base for the tongue. The tongue attaches to that from there it can move muscularly, etc., etc. Woodpeckers also have a hyoid bone. Um, hyoid, by the way, is spelled H-Y-O-I-D. I think that's how it's pronounced, but if it's not, I don't care. Um, so the hyoid bone in woodpeckers is different than it is in humans. Their hyoid bone starts in the nostril. The very top of the bird's nostril extends all the way back behind their skull and then back up underneath their chin. Now, in the nostril, it's at a point. In the chin, it's at a point. But in the areas between those two, way back around the skull, it makes a V shape. The reason for this shape, the reason for this length, is that the woodpecker's tongue is as long as this bone. So the woodpecker tongue literally starts in the nostril, goes all the way back, makes a V around the back of the head, and sticks back out. This tongue is so long that they have to develop specialized shaped bones to fit it in their head. Now, we talked before about why woodpeckers don't get concussions. Well, this is that secret second biological mechanism that I hinted at before. When their muscles are engaged, it acts as almost a seatbelt for the brain. This way, woodpeckers now have three biological mechanisms in place that help protect their brain. The first of which, the brain's size and shape. It's smaller and lighter, there's less room for it to move around. Then we have those cushioning bones, as mentioned before, that hold in place by absorbing shock. And then finally, we have this seatbelt, the long V-shaped portion of the tongue that wraps around the skull, holding it in place. And that 
is why woodpecker tongs are so fucked up. Oh, uh, but yeah, so God. they use this big disgusting tongue to like <laughs> suck up ants and stuff. And so these guys are ant specialists. Well, first things first. So I talked about how they break into ant hills instead of wood. They mm-hmm. also will do this with cow patties. So they'll peck into cow patties oh, and like break up oh. dried cow patties to get the bugs inside, which mm-hmm. is really gross. But I guess it doesn't hurt them. So they're just in there licking up you know? poop. Yeah. So, I just can't um, get over. I like can't. I keep thinking about being an ant on the day that that tongue shows up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like devastating. I like. I'm just kind of like going bugs life mode about. Yeah, I started no, on I this bird's it. side, but I'm kind of turning on it. I don't know, I don't if know. I like I'm, it. That's I'm... so fucked up. Well, a lot of nature is just body horror. That's a... it. Is. But you're just minding your own bit. Like it's like uh, Hiroshima. Like it, that's so scary <laughs> <laughs> for that tongue to show up. Like I'm glad that's... how far uh, you went. Really, to the biggest tragedy you could think of <laughs> with the yeah. tongue. That tongue would exert that great of tragedy on you, on you and your friends. That is yeah. so shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's upsetting. Yeah. So unfortunately, they don't just eat ants. So ants, oh. we love them. We love to see they them unless they're them? in our house. Sounds so like you're that about to say they yeah, also have do sex. Do they torture them? them? No, they don't. It's not like a... <laughs> Jamie. This is a this is a child. Wait. This is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> We, I don't think we, so we don't think we love ants even if they're not in our house. No. You know, like just I don't. little. I love ants. They're cool little guys. They love to take stuff back to their nest. What purpose do they serve except being food? <laughs> I it's, like ants. No, they like crawl on you and you're like sitting what outside. Do do? It tickles. I don't know. I just, I just think they're cool. I'm rooting we for them. We used to have a I big guess. ant problem in my house growing up, and I still love them. But I think they were put on this earth to be food. Yeah. Oh. Well, but right? uh, okay. I don't know. There's so many of them. Look, clearly I'm outvoted, and when I host the ant cast with a friend of mine who likes ants at some point, then we'll uh, we'll get into this. Ants are <laughs> I, I barely know her, if you will. <laughs> so I'm really feeling for the ants. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. So um, with the ants, so ants um, have venom. A lot of them have venom. They produce folic or not folic acid. What is it? Uh, form formic acid, which sounds similar. Um, they produce formic acid as sort of like a defense mechanism. And unfortunately, despite the fact that it's a defense mechanism, it actually makes them a little bit more desirable to the flickers because the northern flickers will take that formic acid and use it to groom themselves. And that layer of formic acid that it produces will act as an insecticide. It'll prevent other insects from coming on because they're deterred by that ant venom. And the process of doing that is called anting. Which sounds like a hashtag someone's sister would use. It's just hashtag ant. Sometimes I am hashtag anting. But it doesn't mean that I'm rubbing someone's corpse on my body. (laughs) I don't know. I really turned on the flicker. I'm thinking of (laughs) anti. Yeah. Well, we'll learn more good stuff about it in a little bit, hopefully. Okay. Um, So what's cool, though, is formic acid has sometimes been used to remove warts, sort of like folic acid. So in a way... You could use ants to clean off your warts. Oh, okay. Now I've turned against the ants. I mean, this is not real advice. For the listeners, I am joking. Please don't do this. I'm sure there's other (laughs) inactive ingredients you need to use to make sure you don't burn your skin off. But something to consider. Something to consider. (laughs) Step on an anthill and what? Roll around in? Roll your wart in it? I don't know. You just get the acid on it. I don't know. I think you squeeze the acid out of the ants' glands, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) 
How many ants would you need to do that, though? Yeah, depends on how big your wart is. And how big can their glands be? If These are, are all questions for the little. ant cast. Look out! Look out for Should the Patreon we, coming up. Do you want us to? Is this just your way of asking us to buy you an ant farm? <laughs> that might be fun. I don't know. That's I think that's the perfect amount of interesting pet and little responsibility. I drop a breadcrumb in there every three days. They're happy. Sounds and fun. I guess speaking, yeah, and like speaking to what we were saying about their lives being expendable. Unfortunately, like if you went on vacation <laughs> and they all died, you wouldn't be like. Oh no, you know. Yeah. You were just going like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say, now a bird gets a treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw a bunch of dead birds out there. Yeah. Um, so there is one good thing the northern flickers do in terms of eating bugs. So they are a natural predator to the European corn borer, which is a hard and upsetting word to say. The European corn borer is an invasive moth. And so it costs the agriculture the agriculture industry in America, $1 billion a year in terms of damage. So these guys actually are helpful in removing that from the uh, ecosystem, which is good. So if you want to uncancel them. (laughs) Look, say what you will about (laughs) the ants. They do contribute to the world. I understand. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. Okay, well... So we talked about how these little, these guys love the ground. They eat off the ground unlike woodpeckers. They peck in the ground. They also nest in the ground sometimes. So primarily they nest in holes and trees that they've made. But occasionally our friends, the bank swallow and the belted kingfisher, are two species of birds that will nest in banks in rivers. So they'll dig up little holes in the ground. And flickers will sometimes take over these nests and nest in the ground, which a lot of woodpeckers don't do, which I think is pretty cool. That is cool. They're the subterranean woodpecker. <laughs> yeah. One last thing is that Part of the mating ritual is fighting off another male in front of a prospective female mate. So they do mm-hmm. this thing called fencing where they will literally just like face each other on a branch with their bills pointed up and they bob their heads in like a rhythm while they do like a little figure eight pattern in the air and they like will like do calls and stuff. And that like display is supposed to determine who's going to get to mate with the female that's watching. Whoa. I like that. So Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be one back with choreography that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a real say anything moment for jamie with these flickers they're holding up a boom box they're doing a dance <laughs> oh god i never i i honestly when we were looking at them i didn't realize that the flicker was the woodpecker i didn't know that there was like such a wide naming convention yeah. for them yeah i, I didn't realize that either until a while and i was like oh it's weird that flickers and sapsuckers and woodpeckers all act the same is that convergent evolution which i've talked about a thousand times in this podcast do you guys know what convergent evolution is no so convergent evolution is like um it's how two species look act similar look and act similar and fill the same ecological niche without being related and it's just because ancestors way back in the day both had the same environmental pressures to evolve in a certain way so like ducks and coots they're both water birds they both swim they both have certain kinds of feet that they use to paddle through the water but they're not even remotely related it's just because evolution dictated hey it would be good for you to develop waterproof feathers and paddle through the water it's why all crustaceans keep evolving into crab form repeatedly or like oh. certain mammals keep evolving into moles despite not being related because it's advantageous to be a little armored guy in the bottom of the ocean or like a little rat burrowing into the ground. So it's just evolution keeps making the same stuff. Wow. It's like how Wild and uh, Madagascar came out the same year. Evolution dictated that the same movie scripts. Would... <laughs> a bug's life in ants. Well, in ants. Yeah. yeah exactly. Apt. 
Uh, yeah. No strings attached and uh, friends with benefits. It's true. Yeah. Barbie and Both. Oppenheimer, am I right? So true. What do you mean all, all crustaceans are becoming crabs? Not all crustaceans, but a lot of crustaceans keep evolving into crab forms. So they keep evolving into creatures that have um, like the, the hard exterior shell and claws. Because that is just oh, biologically like advantageous. I can't even think. Yeah, like of lobsters. One. Just lobster. Lobsters, shrimp. They all Scorpion. they all evolving. Scorpion yeah. is an arachnid, not a crustacean. Oh fuck! As soon as we get outside of birds, I lose track of all the different families and taxonomy shit. But. <laughs> I was trying to think if there is a is there a movie bird of consequence this year, or is it just like Aquafina seagull? That's a good question. I don't know. I was racking my brains. Bird. Oh. By the way, is she still a seagull, or did they make her like a turn or something? I don't that we know. forgot it this time. Because I thought he was a different yeah. bird. Oh, ooh! I, mean, I assumed he, like he was a, a seagull. seagull. He looks like a seagull. Why would they not keep it a seagull? He acts like a seagull. Well, in the movie, but I think in the live action one, he might be a different one because he looked almost like a turn to me. He's a northern oh. gannet. So they I'm gonna pull up a picture. Changed of a... it from a why? Oh, maybe regionally is. The... I'm going to guess it's because seagulls are kind of boring looking and they wanted something interesting, but I mean, region regionality also makes sense. So I'm just going to... What bird would look cool rapping? So here's the Google search for uh, Northern Gannet. So it is like sort of like a seagull-like bird. Looks I'm just like, this seems pretentious or something of, of them to do that. <laughs> Wait, like, the bird itself is pretentious ew. or the change? No, the change seems pretentious. Like, mm -hmm. what was wrong with a fuck? Like, why couldn't it just be a seagull? Like, why did it be like, oh, wait, this one's more elegant or like, who cares? Yeah, like, unless crazy. they like yeah. relocated this. I didn't see it. So maybe they relocated the site of the movie where there weren't seagulls in the native's species but he, i don't know i yeah aquafina the seagull not in fact being a seagull shocking okay the only like there's an excerpt from a screen rant article that just says the decision to change scuttle species was made in order to elevate ariel's narrative and create a more impactful moment when she breaches the water's edge what this understand. doesn't make any sense what make any sense the, again pretentious sense. pretentious <laughs> Here's what my thinking is, is that <laughs> cartoon seagull, cute, and uh, very emotive, very cool looking. Narratively impactful. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like real life seagull is associated with garbage. So maybe they just wanted to change it to a bird that's not associated with eating trash. But it was like but... a loud, annoying bird. This gannet looks pure evil. This like, article says a regular seagull would have been better. And I can't, I don't like these like anatomically correct live action the gannet you know, does have animals. fucked up like uh he's got like a fucked up uh what's the what's the fucking bird he's got a weird face he's he's very scary <laughs> Fuck it, <bird. laughs> allegedly okay. allegedly it's it is because he wanted to emphasize that ariel had never been to the surface before and raise the stakes for the moment when she finally breaks the rule and ventures above making it clear she has never experienced the surface this is a quote. But then I realized, well, Scuttle, how does she know everything that's up there? We decided to make her a diving bird so that she could come down and Ariel could meet Scuttle in the water and get all that information there, not above. Uh, that's Whatever. What do you that. mean? It's all explained in the cartoon. Exactly. I was just like, this is unnecessary. You Whatever. have the Bible. You don't need to reinvent it. That is, I, I don't hate the idea of a diving bird if it was a cartoon and not however i'm sure it looks that is scary <laughs> but right. that's it's also so... like 
she she gets legs from a magic a witch like we can suspend disbelief. Yeah. yeah. The seagull talks. Like Also, you know a diving bird that doesn't look scary as shit? Penguins. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we in Little Mermaid that. 2. They had to save them. Yeah. They have to save it for that. Look, we got notes, studios. You, if you're listening, Disney. Thanks. I forgot we were talking about bird movies. March of the Penguins, Happy Feet. We got, we got right? bird movies. We're flush. We're good. Yeah. There's also the... Um, the Danny Tanner Bob Saget. There was the Bob Saget um, farce Tanner. of the penguins, which is March March of the Penguins, but like epic movie style, where they're like cursing and shit. Okay, that's kind of maybe I would like it. What's epic movie? Epic movie is like scary movie. I don't know why I used epic movie as the reference point. Oh, <laughs> epic movie is like scary movie, but with like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Pirates of the Caribbean, and shit. It's very bad. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, but yeah. pretty funny joke. They call the white witch the white bitch, and I think that's funny. That's classic. I miss. I I remember it coming out and then being like, hmm, surely I'll watch this at a sleepover at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we've Still talked waiting. extensively about the movies we've been forced to watch at sleepovers because Jess, how many times did you see Sex Drive? So many, like a bunch. I can't. I can't even tell you how many. But I also saw Scary Movie three at. I think a sleepover or just at my friend's house. And um, I know it's not supposed to be scary, but it did scare me. <laughs> they can get scary. I saw, yeah. I saw Final Destination 3 at a sleepover and it really, like, I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, was that the one, which is the one where the person tries to hit the brakes and there's a water bottle in between the brake and the floor and, like, they can't hit the brakes? Is that three? Oh, my fear. Wait, sorry, you just cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. It's, there, it, there's a there is a final destination where they all die because like a bunch of logs fall off a logging truck. Oh, I think that that's two. I'm pretty okay. sure that's two. No, number th- three is the where they all die on a roller coaster at the beginning. I've seen part okay. of that one. Yeah, yeah, and then that's also the yeah, one yeah. with the iconic tanning bed death scene. Yes, I Do have they one. Baked? Is that the? Oh, they get melted. Do they get yeah. baked big time? It is brutal. Yeah, it is. That I think was like mm-hmm. part of why I was like, I think I like gore movies, but also I <laughs> want to walk into the street. This yeah, is Jamie so loves that awful. goo. Um, I love that goo. Well, hell yeah. Well, that's sort of any other birds you guys want to talk about before we wrap up. Well, we saw. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, we saw that beautiful hawk at the beginning. That was cool. Oh yeah, we saw and the we red-tailed hawk. Talk about the hawk. Yeah. The hawk put on a little show. Yeah, what do you guys think about the red-tailed hawk? I loved it. And then you were saying the like the thing about it finding heat patterns. Yeah. Or something? So yeah. that's mostly yeah. So vultures, hawks, all those kind of birds that will circle like that. A lot of times they're circling for food. So like hawks and stuff will circle specifically because they're looking for like little mice and shit. But sometimes if they get tired, they can take advantage of heat pockets and just circle around the heat pocket and rest their wings so they don't have to like flap to keep up in the air. Vultures, they don't circle to look for prey. They um, they can do that without doing that. So most of the time when vultures are circling, it's because of those heat patches they're taking advantage of. And hawks will use those sometimes too. <laughs> Meanwhile, Flea is protesting was something like, behind Flea. Jamie. <laughs> It's just like, hey, he's like, hawks are too big. Now, is Flea named because it's like a cute name for a cat because of like fleas? Or is Flea named after the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> he came with this name due to being oh, okay. fleas. But yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I've never like named my own pets because I feel like often the name that when he came with Flea, I was like, eh, no, he is a flea. When my, my dad insisted that his one rule is if we ever had an animal, he had to name it. 
I don't know why, but uh, oh. so when my sister started showing sheep, everybody would come by. This is my sheep lamb chopper. Like this is like Pepper, like cute little sheep names. She's like, this is my sheep Demeter after the <laughs> the Greek god of agriculture. This is my sheep <laughs> Ivory. <laughs> So father coded to do that too. Naming your kid your sheep lamb chop is kind of that's morbid. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, I think actually nothing about it. I think pork chop for pig is more common than lamb chop for sheep, but people what? that sucks. Why what do you mean like it's common, really? It's common? People yeah. are like, there's nothing weird about what did you name your animals? Well, I mean, here's the thing is that with agriculture, you're kind of desensitized to that from an early age. So the more the morbidity and mortality of it is sort of lost on you sometimes. Because it's just going to get chopped one day. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to think about the animals I sent to slaughter. Uh, that's how I feel yeah. about the starlings I taxidermy. Yeah. Well, you know, they had to you, die and that's okay. Did you name your, your taxidermy starling? I did. I named him Percy. And it's because I wanted to, they're really helpful. Once you're almost done, you spray the birds with water so you can pose them and then they kind of mm-hmm. freeze in place, but oh. you can repose them later. Um, but they were helping me. And I was like, I want him to look like he's a cartoon bird and he's giving me advice. Um, and, and they did that exactly. He's leaning forward. <laughs> the wing is extended. The, the beak is just agape a little bit as if he's mid sentence. Yep. And it just was, um, yeah, he seemed sort of like a, an English librarian to me, so I named him Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, Jamie and Celeste, what were you guys' favorite birds we saw today? Uh, the the ones with the really uh, long tails. Okay, so the one oh, we yeah. did not confirm if we officially saw, but we probably saw, <laughs> the pin-tailed yeah. water. What'd you like about those guys? I just like they, well, I've been recently just like remembering those um, sky dancer dolls from my childhood and like been like oddly obsessed with them and just like looking up pictures of them and they just kind of remind me of those. (laughs) Yeah. Growing up with a sister that was eight years older than me, I really, a lot of my early childhood memories were playing with very feminine toys. A lot of times like girls might just like bring up their toys. Like, Oh yeah. I loved playing the pretty, pretty princess board game. That rule. <laughs> a classic. Yeah. True classic. Jamie, yours the was nails? the, was it still the anatomic? Was it? Yeah. I, I, the, yeah. Oh no, no, no. We'll talk about, we'll talk about the board game more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie, yours was the, still the anatomic bird. Visually. Yes. And I also feel like, but now, yeah, I feel like I've been on a whole journey with with this um, with our woodpecker now, and oh. I feel like the flicker and I like we have, we have to figure some stuff out. You guys are trauma bonded. I just sort of yeah, like I need to. I, I want to be like a flicker's therapist after they've you know <laughs> committed the war crime of decimating an anthill. <laughs> I, I want to fix them. Okay. <laughs> Problematic, babe. We love them. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. Jess, what's your favorite bird we saw today? I'm gonna say the hawk because it was. What's like about the hawk? Uh, I like that I spotted it and it was really just it stuck around for a while and they don't. Yeah, he was really... he was really just chilling up on that uh, heat patch. I think my favorite was the flicker. I always loved seeing those guys and uh, they really hate letting me take photos of them. I think I got a couple decent ones today, so we'll see about that. But I do think flicker is a really good name for a bird too. Unlike Merlin. Yeah. Flicker. It looks is a like a great flicker. name for yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, well, next question: Would you two go birding again? Yes, of course. Uh, ideally, in oh, a yeah. different cemetery, just because I like that as a way of touring cemeteries from now on. Yeah. Well, we almost did Hollywood Forever because we talked about the um, 
the black ducks, the Western black ducks that will go to which Ramon was it? Oh, um, one of the dead Ramones. They go to is it John? Dee Dee? Yeah, yeah. So there's these black the ducks one, that live right. there, and they'll migrate yeah. to Dee Dee Ramone's grave every day, which is weird. And they also weird. have peacocks weird. at Hollywood Forever too. Yeah, yeah. Do so they? that'll be for next year's Halloween <gasps> special. But okay. I can't wait. That would be great. A different grave every Hell year, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thank you both for coming on. This brings us to our final segment, which is a little game I prepared. This is called Ally or Mallard. So, Jamie, you're the host of the Bechtel cast, which is a podcast where you and your co-host, Caitlin Durante, who has a um, master's in screenwriting, uh, you two will analyze everybody's favorite movies from an intersectional feminist lens using the Bechtel test, sometimes referred to as the Bechtel-Wallace test, created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel on a, on a uh, comic strip I'm not allowed to say the name of, um, as a media metric for jumping off um, discussion. So with that in mind, this is a game called Ally or Mallard, where I will show you guys a different bird and you're going to decide if they are an ally or a mallard. And when I say a mallard, ducks aren't not allies. I just thought it kind of sounded like ally. So that's what we're going to stick with. Um, there are no winners. The only winner is society. So we're just going to talk about birds and see if they'd Correct. be allies. Are, are we Perfect. going off vibe or like yeah. actual facts? Okay. Just vibe. Okay. I love there's no real answer. So here's our first bird. This is the magnificent frigate bird. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. I mean, he's trying a little bit too hard, isn't he? He's positively necklace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like engorged. It's it's making me. Uncomfortable. I feel like he's choking. Seems like a witch took his. And necklace. for the listeners, um, this will be posted. All these images will be posted on the Instagram, so you can follow along. Oh yeah, should we I try to? Like- I mean, he's he's a poofy little guy. He's got a he's got a. Big red. He reminds me of um, the cartoon devil on like, like um, the cartoon. Yes, yes. Who would bounce yes. around on his red butt? It looks like <laughs> this guy has one of the devil's cheeks. Yeah, strapped to the front of him, and it's kind of choking him. It would seem. My, yeah. my yeah, instinct so, was Mallard, but then I looked at his sad yeah. little eye, and now I feel really sorry for him. Maybe masculinity is a prison for Yeah, so I'm like, maybe he is an ally. <laughs> maybe, yeah. And uh, yeah, and also, you know, he seems like maybe, I can't tell how big he is, but it seems like he could protect you. He could be kind of a meat shield. <laughs> yeah, so that sack he's filling up, by the way, that's called a guler. So it's just like the little throat sack that they have. So a lot of birds will cool off using what's called guler fluttering. Well, they'll just move that guler up and down really fast, sort of like panting. So a lot of great blue herons on the river we see will do that. So Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, I also my I made a snap judgment, but now I'm sort of coming around to like <laughs> soft ally. Okay. Yeah, soft, so soft Celeste ally and Jamie are both right. ally. Jess? Um I get some strong conservative vibes, so I have to say Mallard. Okay. Damn. But two, if two it's allies a, if and it's one Mallard. Two to one, I can I can switch to ally. I see yeah. where everyone's coming from. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, we'll move on to our next bird. So this next one is the roseate spoonbill. These guys live in Florida, and they are go- or and the Carolinas in Georgia. They are gorgeous. I want to see them really bad. Maybe you should uh, tell us that. I feel like that pre pre inclines me to say oh. mallard. 
weird, but yeah, but I can't talk about these guys without you know. But they're so cute. That's so cute. Wow, this is a Barbie press tour ass bird. <laughs> yeah, ally. And you can I see think ally. <laughs> just immediately, Easy. yeah. Easy. Any bird that's gonna look like that has to be really comfortable. Yeah. In, in is it also like pink from the food it eats? I believe, yeah. Like any sort of red is typically pigment, but I'm not specifically sure for the spoon, but I'll have to go back and uh, check that. But And you can see why he's called the spoonbill. He looks like he has a little wooden spoon on his head. Yeah, this that's bird adorable. Is the, person, is the bird version of that shirt that everyone had was that was real men wear pink. <laughs> <laughs> that was really so big allied. in 2007. Yeah. It's true. With a boobies bracelet. Oh my God. Yeah. And then the aggressive Hillary Clinton posting. It's just, <laughs> um, I, it also seems like this bird's eye is pink, possibly. Yeah. So these birds are like beautiful and kind of gross at the same time. They have like that sickly, like um, lab rat eye, that like sort of deep cherry red. But yeah. I kind of like it. I mean, it's consistent <laughs> with the rest of the yeah. bird. If you guys ever follow, if your Instagram is as bird heavy as mine, you get a lot of Rosie and Spoonbill <laughs> photos because it's kind of cheating to photograph them because they're so like beautiful, like the way they fly and stuff. So I'm I just get like kind of looking up more photos of them now because they're so cute. <laughs> they are. So like, are we I are just, we set on three allies here? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, and it's it is like an Instagram friendly bird. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Do you find yourself seeing more of the like classically aesthetically pleasing birds because they're getting algorithmed? Well, it's not. Yeah, it's because <laughs> um, I think that might be part of what it is. But also all the, the photographers that are popular are popular because they live in places where they're like shooting these guys or like certain herons or like uh, a lot of them live in Utah because they take photos of the shorebirds on like the purple and pink salt flats. So, oh, okay. so I confirm like, that they are that color. That in the ground. I confirm that oh, they are that pigment? color like flamingos. No, that's like flamingos. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I like them because they eat crustaceans and I'm allergic to them. So they're trying to save my life. So solid ally. <laughs> wow. Well, goodbye to the roseate spoonbill. It's time to move on to our next bird. Jess is familiar with this bird. This one also hails from Florida. This is our friend, the wood stork. Whoa. That's... I, uh, another one I just feel sorry for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It looks old. Yeah. Yeah. I want it. I, my instinct is say mallard, but it could be like a Bernie situation. Where it's <laughs> it like an old gruff man, but like, where it's still, like uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like, what was the name of the bird again? This is the wood stork. It's the only stork we get in North America. That sucks for us. That's like, man, that's not delivering it, babies at all for sure. It looks yeah. like, I yeah, imagine coming from, this guy, he's got a head that looks like he's it's made out of stone. He looks like an like a a rock that's been like swaddled in a yeah. He looks like, he's like a mythical Reaper. creature. Like a, <laughs> he looks like a what? Just? <laughs> Two things combined. He looks like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. He does. He looks like uh, a scythe. But maybe I, it's not his fault. It's true. We're holding him to impossible. That's why I, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, this this is Western beauty standards again. <laughs> Right. This guy isn't making it through the algorithm alive. And <laughs> he does have beautiful feathers. He does. Yeah. Uh, I'm still leaning Mallard. This guy's, uh, but, but also I'm bringing my own biases to the table. 
I feel like he could be like an incel. That's yeah. what I was also thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's Sigma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's Mallard. three. That's Mallard. three Mallards right there. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I feel bad. Moving on to our next no. friend. Sorry Orpho. to that bird. <laughs> Sorry to this man. <laughs> so this next one is uh this is the sage grouse once it pops up whoa so, so what? i have i have to say ally on this one because this was my college mascot <laughs> what what yeah. is your where'd you go again claremont mccann which one Pit- pitzer you were the pitzer sage grouses Sage hens specifically, and then the male team was the sage cocks. But yes, yes, huge bummer. I mean, go this cocks, is free really? the nipple, right? <laughs> yeah, there. go cocks. Yeah, it's true, but I feel like it was long threatening because we went by hens for the most part. But um, yeah, this this dude looks like they'd protect the fuck out of me. Yeah, this yeah, is like my I Mad mean... Max bird or something over here, <laughs> and their boobs are out. <laughs> and their yeah. boobs are out. That's true. That's another Gouler inflation. Tits out and proud, yeah. And he's he's kind of like a a big a big unit, a yeah. spiky mm-hmm. little unit. Very spiky. I would yeah. want this guy on my side, and I think yeah. he would. I think he'd hear me out. Yeah. Is it supposed to look like a giant moth? Is that its thing? I don't think it's supposed to look like a giant moth, but I think anything, Very any freaky. design that a bird has is typically to scare something or to make something want to fuck it. So I think. It's an, it's design is biologically <laughs> intentional, like over courses of like that, but I don't think it's meant to look just like a moth. But I see what you're looking at. It looks like something out of Beetlejuice. <laughs> it does, yeah. It yeah. does. It looks like a little animatronic that would like attack. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm into well, it. Yeah. So is that allies. three? Is that three allies? Yeah, but also I don't get why you can't play. I think, think that as the only male, I think it is important <laughs> as the man that I elevate your voices as opposed to adding my own. Okay. And then you post this and you're like, three women yeah. judge three. birds by their appearance for yeah. seven straight minutes. This you're has actually gonna... been a Sigma trap. So you're going to actually start like a secret fucking whatever stork account that's yeah. like they're being yeah. unfairly demonized by women so Woodstork, yeah. <laughs> awesome well let me bring up then our final potential friend so this is our friend the muscovy duck Ooh. this does look like the devil for sure <laughs> oh, okay yeah. hmm i like his shoes yeah he does have little shoes the shoes are good I like that he's serving cow in shoes. <laughs> he's just like uncomfortably chumescent for me. I, I feel like he's what? chumescent, like covered in like little tumors all over his head. Oh, uh, yeah. Which makes me feel like he's going to give you an STD or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he kind of loses me at the neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I really feel like I'm looking at two different birds if I just cover up the head. Like, if. <laughs> <laughs> like if, the if top doesn't even look ancient... like a bird it, it's like a it's not even and it's not even cool like a dinosaur it's just like yeah it's just kind yeah. of disgusting just before you proceed i want you guys to know that if this were ancient aztec times you would be considered heretics because these birds are associated with the wind god um ehecatl 
than the Aztec mythology. I mean, mythology. it is like kind of. I can see it as like why you'd want it to be your mascot, right? Like in some because yeah. it is kind. But again, it's kind of aggressive, which is a big turnoff for me. I like. I don't like how he's looking at me. <laughs> I like that he's got textures. I feel like this bird is fixable. <laughs> Jamie is obsessed with saving these problematic birds. <laughs> she can really fix them. I'm going to, yeah, deprogram whatever's going on with this bird until he's regular. Um, I will go with the group on this one. Okay, and the group is at Mallard? Is that what we've landed on? I don't yeah. know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I guess. I say Mallard. I'm just like, now I'm really fixated on his little feet, and it, that kind of makes this all a serve. Right? His shoes. Right. The, <laughs> yeah. shoes. the little shoes are cute. The shoes and the fit are undeniable. Yeah. The head covered in tumors. But also, <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, oh. Is this another it's one? Another I like one. this one. This is one See, I took this a photo one's of. Much, that one's much more gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you find these? Where do these live? That one's an old man. Uh, they so they're most they're not supposed to be here. Um, they come from like South and Central America, and they must have been brought up here because of people's like, private aviaries. So you'll see them mm-hmm. a lot of ponds and stuff. I saw this one Did in the they... pond at Stanislaus State. Although you know what, they he all look, that look at his angry. eye all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Look I think there's eye. a lot of variation, like um, like Egyptian geese, depend depending on the specific bird. Like this you know, one like looks judgy. Look different. Look how yeah. judgy this one looks, <laughs> but his hair is nicer. Yeah. Okay, so we're all on we're all on Mallard then. Celeste is set on Mallard. I'll I'll go with Mallard. <laughs> I'll go Mallard. He looks okay. like he looks like he's the he's the butler at like an old with an old family at a castle, and you're the new princess <laughs> who the prince like met at a bookstore, and he doesn't trust you. But really, yeah, we're getting gonna, a live look at Meghan, Meghan Markle's experience. I could also <laughs> see him as like a a clue butler, where it's like, oh, he did it. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely gonna poison him. So he's comp. He's certainly complicated, but Mallard nonetheless. Yeah. Yes. I didn't anticipate staring up this many emotions in you guys. I'm, I'm sorry for. <laughs> We're really sorry awful. for the critical analysis. Uh, you know, three hysterical women. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to roast me. Uh, we don't have a ton of time for it because we, we're almost at an hour and a half, which is our cap. But um, we should, I'd be remiss if we didn't discuss, we did see the panorama at the, the cemetery. I forgot to bring that oh, up yeah. earlier. Jamie, you had some friends you specifically wanted to mention that we met today. Oh, oh my God, my guys. Yeah, there's, I didn't know about uh, Christ's thief friends. Yeah. Well, one, um, one friend, yeah, one was... not friend? I don't know. Yeah, well, Unclear. one accepted and one didn't. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Their their names were like Dingus and Bingus. Like <laughs> it was Dorcas and Florcus. Yeah, Dorcas it was something like that. The one name we do remember is that there was a Roman um, soldier named Longinus, and Longinus became one <laughs> right. of the first Christians. Which at that point, pack up he the religion. Would. We're we're done. He would. We got Longinus. Congratulations, Longinus, you guys. Yeah. It was Dismas and Gestus, and they're just Great. chilling behind. Yes. G- uh, really cool painting. Uh, yeah. Re- really boring subject. Yeah. <laughs> Six out of ten. Well, that brings <laughs> us to our final segment, which is plugs. So, Jamie and Celeste, you guys have anything to plug? I I wrote a book about hot dogs, and you should get it. It's called Raw Dog. That's my plug. Yeah, check out Raw Dog. Celeste, you got anything to plug? Uh, I really thought I did. Uh, but now I think I don't. 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to plug SEAL again. So SEAL is an organization that we all volunteer for. Um, I plug it every episode so you guys get the gist, unless this is your first time listening, in which case, SELA is a neighborhood homelessness coalition where we offer goods and services to our unhoused neighbors in our community. We have events every week, but um, I particularly want to plug the Saturday Supper Program where you can come in, provide clothing, food, showers, et cetera, et cetera, for people in your community. Check out SELANHC.org to volunteer. We also do outreach if you volunteer with us enough. Um, and then I'm going to plug this podcast. So... We're at 32 Spotify followers. Once we hit 200, I'm doing my topless episode. So please share this with your friends so we can get more Spotify followers. We'll do my topless episode. Um, and also hire me to write into show. I'm working at Best Buy right now and I don't want to anymore. So please, <laughs> please do that. But yeah. One day of training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, That's... have you worked? <laughs> I worked one shift and I, when this comes out, I will work two or three. So that's it. Awesome. Well, Jamie, Celeste, thank you both for coming on. I'm going to leave everybody with a... Yeah!